Lord to hand. The time is at hand. I believe we have a word from the Lord. Um, let's turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and we'll turn to the next chapter over and look at it, verse 9. I'll be reading from the, I think they had the Amplified Version already up. And it says, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and guard it and keep it. Genesis 3 and 9 says, but the Lord called Adam and said, where are you? Adam, where are you? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for your awesome, just your, your awesomeness. Just, just in each day you give us as a gift and just to come out today and just worship in your house is, is awesome. So, Father, we ask that your words be spoke right now, that you have declared, you have gave me a word to give on this Father's Day. And, Father, let you speak, not me speak. Let your spirit Go, not mine. Father, it's not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Adam, where are you? Is the title of this message with a subtitle called A Definition of a Kingdom Man. A definition of a kingdom man, would it be a Father's Day and the, the way that God has poured his spirit out on us to give us the image of Father. So we want to talk about the definition of a, of a kingdom man. In today's culture, it's, uh, uh, the gaming industry is king. What I mean by the gaming industry, you know, we're talking about uh, PlayStation, uh, what's the other one? Xbox. I mean gamers. We got gamers in the house? I'm not a gamer, but, but it's king. It's king. And uh, they say that in America alone, the industry has grown to a $43 billion industry. Well, back in my day, let's go way back. Back in my day, the most popular thing, or one of the most popular games that were played were checkers. Were checkers. They got an image of you. You can see there were 12 red, black chips. There were, there were 12 black ones, and you can see they're lined up on the black. And when you played this game, you could, um, as long as you was playing like this, you can only move one spot at a time diagonally until you were able to get your man to the other end and then you would crown the checker as a king. Y'all with me? But once, it came, once that checker was crowned king, that was a bad boy. Because you didn't have to go one step at a time. As long as you was going diagonally, you can go swoop this way and you can swoop that way. 
and you can go back and forth and just clear off the board because the object of the game was to get your checker, your man, to the other side so he could be crowned king. Yes, and like I said once, but God has declared today from Father's Day, just like every man is crowned king, if you look at the checker, there's a crown on it. It's a crown insignia on that checker. And God has declared that every man has a crown on him. Men say, I got a crown on me. Oh, come on, man. Y'all come a little stronger than that. You got a crown. So God has declared that every man has a crown on him. And God has declared that every man has been deemed by God to hold the responsibility of being a king. God has, it was in his intent for us to have, to be able to dominate, to be able to, 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 to go into a situation and take control of it. You know when a lion roars in the jungle? His sound, his roar can be heard up to five miles. And when he's roaring, what he's saying, that this is my dominion. This is my territory. When he roars five miles, fellas, do you know that's, 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 that's 88 foot NFL football fields stacked close together? They say it's 283 basketball courts. If you put them in a row, that's how long five miles are. God has designed for us as men to be able to have dominion over the things that he brings to us. But there's a problem. There's a problem. The culture has affected our world today from what God had intended it to be. So the dominant question today we were talking about was Adam. So the question today is, Adam, where are you? The missing man has become the crisis of the day. Notice I said the missing man, not the missing male. But the missing male, but the missing man is the question of the day. It's, it's the question of the day among our single sisters who is wondering, who can't find a worthwhile man to marry. They're asking the question, Adam, where are you? It's the question of the single parent who's been abandoned by the father of her children. She wants to know, Adam, where are you? It's the child that has grown up right now that don't have a daddy present physically or emotionally present. He's asking the question, Adam, where are you? Pastors and churches are asking the same question because they have to call on women. They have to call on women to do jobs that we men ought to be doing. Now, I'm not saying do no mission. I'm, this is not a hard sermon on men. Y'all stick with me. But we're we talking about the missing man of today. They say that 70%, 70 to 80% of all the prisoners in jail comes from fatherless homes. Adam, where are you at? 
We're living where there's terrorism in our streets, where we can't come out at night because of gun violence. We, we, we're seeing it on the news every day. So we're asking the question, Adam, where are you? But worse than that, that's pretty bad. But worse than that is God is asking the question, Adam, where are you at? Now, if God can't find Adam, then we shouldn't be shocked that we can't find Adam. Now, God knows all. God knows, God, God knows that where everybody exists at simultaneously. God knows the question where Adam is. So the question when God was asking where Adam was was not a geographical locational question. It was a question of position. He would say, Adam, how did you lose your position that I put you in? See, he knows where Adam is located. God don't need no GPS. He knows he's in the garden. But he's in the garden because God was in the garden with him. So at the heart of the question that God is raising with Adam is, Adam, where are you? It's a question of not location. It's a question of position. You see, God does everything in order. And y'all going to have to ride with me today on this message because God sets things up in order. So it was a question of position. You see, my brothers and sisters, Adam had abandoned his role. So the question, where are you, is a question in our position. Look at Ezekiel 22 and 3 when God is asking the question. Ezekiel 23 and 30, I'm sorry. Ezekiel 22 and 30, this is what God is saying through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, God says, and I saw the man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God is saying, I, I, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap. So, so I, what he's really saying, so I won't have to curse the land. And I know we don't like hearing this church, but we're living in cursed times. Look at what his word is saying. He's saying, I want somebody, I want a man to stand in the gap so I won't have to curse the land, but I couldn't find none. Now, there were plenty of males, but God said, but I can't find a man. So apparently you can be a male and not be So God is saying in the text, because I couldn't find a male, a man, I got to curse the land. So my brothers and sisters, what you need to understand, the land becomes cursed when men cannot be located. God is calling us this morning, y'all. God is calling us this morning. 
even when with males everywhere, a land can be cursed when you can't find what God describes. I'm talking about God's definition of what a kingdom man is. Adam had abandoned his position. So the desperate need for today is to call males back to being men. As God defines a man, a kingdom man. So what I want to take some time to share with you about the position of a man. And I know y'all get ready to get quiet on me. Now, my beautiful sisters, you, you're, going, you're, going, you're going to have two different opinions about what I'm getting ready to say. Some of my sisters will be frustrated because they go, they'll say, oh, here we go, Reverend Ingram, talking to this man stuff again. Then we'll have some of my sisters who will be ecstatic because the man in your life or the one you hope to come along will man up to God's definition of what a man should be. So we're going to have two type of people here. So here's the first thing we need to understand about God's original intent when it comes to being a kingdom man and his position. Hear me out. Here's the first thing how God set it up in Genesis. That being a kingdom man, that it is, it is a position of priority. I knew it was going to get quiet then, Pastor. Now, I know some of you will not like this, but this ain't no popularity message. I know some of you ain't going to like this because it don't fit the culture we live in. But I ain't worried about being cultural. As I keep walking this walk, I'm worried about being biblical. I know in 1 Timothy 2 and 13, for the Bible says, Adam, you don't have to turn there. You can look at it later. But Adam was formed first, then Eve. Stick with me. I'll get to the reasons for that, sisters. Don't drop your head on me. Adam was formed first, then Eve. So God created, created Adam first. First had to do with order. First didn't mean not mean better. It has to do with order. God is a God of order. So Adam first, then Eve. He spends a whole chapter before Eve's come in Genesis 2. It was just him and Adam in the garden. And the reason why he was spending that time with Adam first because Adam was going to become the foundation. And so everything, Adam was going to become responsible so that everything, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, they came after that. Guess who was on? It was on Adam. That's the reason why when he came in the garden, he didn't come in the garden to say, Adam and Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, where are you? So God spent a whole chapter in chapter 2 with discussing Adam because God knew that it's his design for the man to be responsible. Brothers, if we're going to be God's man, then we're going to have to accept responsibility. When I 
even call little Myron sometime on the phone. I don't call him little Myron. I go, hey, number one. He'll tell you that. And I'm not just saying that because it's a cute thing to say. I say it because I'm speaking to him as another man to let him know that you're number one and you have responsibility. See, in the sports world, they don't fire teams. They fire coaches. Because the coach is at the head and he's responsible. The coach don't throw the pass. The coach don't fumble the ball. The coach don't, don't, don't miss a, a field goal. The coach don't uh, get the ball intercepted. But when things go wrong, he doesn't, he doesn't do any of that. But he is responsible to have the team ready. As men, we are responsible to have our team ready. So when God comes, and if something is going on in your house, and he knocks on your door, he ain't going to ask for her. He's going to ask for you. God said in Malachi 4 and 6, it's Pastor Venice and I and looked at this scripture from top to bottom, from side to side. He says that there will be a messenger that comes that will restore the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Again, here we go. So I will not have to what? Curse the land. So if our culture is declining, <laughs> it ain't if our culture is declining. Our culture is declining. Now, we can talk all kind of stuff. We can talk uh, from a sociological standpoint why it's declining. We can talk from a racial standpoint why it's declining. We can talk from a political standpoint why the reason the culture is declining. But what God says is first on the front end. He said, he said it way back then. I believe he said it then. And I believe if he came, he's still saying it today. He's saying, where's the man? God is saying, where's the man at? Well, all the stuff that's declining. See, if you have a messed up man, you're going to have a messed up family. And if you have a messed up family that goes to church, that messed up family is going to make their contribution to a messed up church. And if you take that messed up church that's in a neighborhood, and that same messed up church is going to make its contribution to a messed up neighborhood. And if you go ahead and have a messed up neighborhood and, you, and you're part of a messed up city, that, 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 that neighborhood is going to make its contribution to a bad, messed up city. And if you got a messed up city that's part of a messed up county and that city belongs to a county, you're going to have a messed up county because that city made a bad contribution to that messed up county. And if you have a messed up county, then you're going to have a messed up state. And that county made a bad contribution to that state. 
And if you got a messed up state that's making bad contributions, you're going to have a messed up country. Amen? If that messed up state made a contribution to that messed up country. And if you have a messed up country, you're going to have a messed up world because that country made a bad contribution to the world. So if you want a better country, a better world, and if you want a better country, and if you want a better state, and if you want a better county, and if you want a better city, if you want a better neighborhood, if you want a better church, then you got to go back home and get a better man. It all starts with the man. So when he said, I created Adam, what he's saying is that you are the foundation. And the whole ball of wax is resting on you, on you and I as men. So unfortunately, in this day of we have male irresponsibility, we have cultural chaos, we have our culture in decline. So God says, we are men are not designed to be the weak part of that foundation. We're not designed to be a weak part of the society. He did not design us to be a weak part of our homes. He did not design us to be a weak part of the church. God intended for us to have to be a solid foundation. You know, solid, a lot of many times, we, you know, men like to say, I'm the head of this house. No, you ain't. What you really are is the foundation. You see, foundations are not pretty. When you're building a house, that's a little hint to the ladies. When you're looking for a man, you better be looking for somebody who has a solid foundation. I didn't seen pretty foundations crack. Look at, look at, look at, look at what verse, look at verse 8 says that, I'm just going to hit this real quick and try to wrap this up. In, uh, I believe, Genesis 3, it says that once he was asking Adam, where are you? The verse says that they were hiding from the presence of God. They were hiding from the presence of God. They were in the garden. What I'm going to call the garden was Adam's house. And they were using some of the same leaves that God gave them in the garden to hide. Today, some of us men, we're hiding from the stuff that God already gave us. We're hiding from the presence of God. You know, let, let me tell you something, man. This presence of God, it sounds like, oh, it makes you want to run from it. It makes you want to, like, when you hear about being in the presence, you know how awesome it was for Adam to be in the garden, in the presence of God? Even before Eve, everything, they were just communing day and night, and, and he was coming, and he was like, Adam, come here, let me show you this. 
you know, later on we're going to talk about how, how responsible and what God wanted him to do. And they said that, that God told him, hey, man, I'm going to bring these, these animal species to you. And I, and, and I want you to name them. They say God would bring it to him and he would name it. Yeah, that's a horse. They said that it, right now today there's 1. 2, over 1.2 million species of animals. Guess who named him? Guess who gave him the responsibility to name him? Now, I realize that they were hiding from God. Today, some of us are hiding. We're hiding even in the church. We're hiding in my homes. Now, I realize that many men here today didn't have in their life uh, the help to guide them and show them how to be a man. I realize that. Some of you in here were not raised by a father. Some of us was given guiding. Some of us was not given guidance by some responsible male. And I'm saying to you, that wasn't your fault. But now that you heard it, it is your responsibility not to repeat it yourself. So if you still don't know what to do, then you need to link up with a kingdom man. You need, there's plenty in this church right now. You need to link up with the men's ministry. And it's okay to go tell another man like, hey man, I didn't have this in my background. Can you show me? Can you walk with me? Can you show me how to be I hope this message is relevant today. They were hiding from the presence of the Lord. And Adam was responsible. Don't you know when you're in the presence of the Lord, he wants us to be able to dream dreams. He wants us to have vision. He said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor to enter the, into the heart of man the, 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 the things that God has planned for you. You know where you find that stuff at? In his presence. That's where you find it at. That's how you get your visions. That's how you get your dreams. That's how you come in with, with, with I remember you telling me, Reverend Bird, that you was going, they going to put that kitchen with your name on it when you work. That God gave you that. It's good to be in his presence. I missed so many things at times because I wasn't in his presence. I made some bad decisions because it was Myron's thinking, stinking thinking, because I would say, God, I got this. But if I was in his presence, he'd say, son, don't do it that way. So how does a kingdom man operate? Let's get this and we're going to get out of here. In Genesis 2 and 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, because there's no Eve yet, and put him in the garden. That's his house. To cultivate it and to keep it. God gives the man a job, baby. 
God gives the man a house. Let me say this again to my sisters. He gave the man a job. My sisters, you need to make it known early. There will be no romance if there's no finance. An irresponsible man is not worthy to be your man. Less known, your husband. Because if he ain't taking care of him, what in the heck makes you think he's going to come take care of you? And you're just like, I'm going to have a baby by him. He ain't taking care of him. Why do you want to go have a baby by an irresponsible man? But I want you to notice something, my brothers. He gave him a house. He gave him a place to live. He gave him a job. But notice what he says. He says to Adam to cultivate it. So he didn't just give him a job. He told him to cultivate. Cultivate means to be productive. To cultivate means to produce something more than in the state in which you got it. To cultivate means you're going to grow this thing. You're going to blow it up bigger than what you got it. So here it is. This is what a real man is going to do. A real man is going to have some kind of vision. He, a real man don't want to stay where he is. A real man can have a great job, but he still should be dissatisfied with where he be thankful, but be dissatisfied just to stay there. That's what a real kingdom man does. So the question is, are you just going to work? Are you going to be productive to work on something that's more than what you started with? I don't care if you're cleaning toilets. That's a job. That's, a, that's, 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 that's ethical work. That's good work. But learn how to do something more with the toilets. Maybe you can learn how to clean 20,000 more of them with an automatic robot. I don't know. Do something with it because God is telling you to cultivate it. He just don't want to stay where he is. He wants to produce more than where he started. So are you going to be productive? Do you have purpose and vision? You need to have a purpose mindset. God wants us to take what he has given us and to turn it into something spectacular. He gave Adam the garden, told him to cultivate it. He said, man, make this place spectacular. In other words, brother, you have to have a purpose. Your purpose is not just to be here. Going through life. Saying, what's up? I don't know. What's going on, brother? Same old, same old. Can't kill nothing, won't nothing die.
Your purpose is to cultivate, brothers. Your purpose is to embellish. Your purpose is to enhance. Far too many of us have lost our ability to dream. We have allowed the enemy to steal our dreams. We have allowed the enemy to send us in. Many of us brothers are in depression. You know what depression really means? You in deep rest. You in such a deep rest, you can't think about nothing else. You can't think about the goodness of God. You can't think about, you can't think about the purpose he's placed in your life because you in depression. You in deep rest. God never intended for you to have deep rest. He wants you to cultivate. It's opposite of what he's saying. I told you the best way to, I found, to dream and dream big is to be in the presence of God. All of this was happening in the garden with Adam. It's, it's, it's the place where God was hanging out. God was hanging out in Adam's house. As a single man, even before Eve came, it was just him and God. Single man, you need to have God hanging out at your house. You don't need your homeboys hanging out telling you something else. You need, you need to have God hanging out in your house. Let me wrap this up. He goes on to tell Adam not only to do you need to cultivate it, but he said, I want you to keep the garden. I want you to keep the garden. Well, keep in the Hebrew means, Adam, I want you to guard it. God is saying, I want you to guard, I want you to guard your house. I want you to guard your garden. But wait a minute. It was the perfect time, right? It was a perfect place. Why is he protecting something that that's perfect. They said the water was coming up from the ground. Animals was coming over, laying down. He was just walking him and God. Why would God tell Adam to protect his house? I'm going to tell you why. Because it wasn't perfect. The reason why it wasn't perfect because there was a snake in the garden. There was a snake in the garden. And my brothers and sisters, my brothers especially, you all got gardens. Guess what? You got a snake in your garden. And God is expecting you to protect it. God is expecting you to keep it. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the snake can come through your wife. Don't y'all say amen. Don't you don't a man in here say amen. Don't you just, just look forward. Just, just keep it right here. I'm going to move over here. Y'all don't say amen. Just... Keep looking forward, brothers. Keep, 
Be quiet, Jimmy. Be quiet. Be quiet. These walls have ears, brother. You, you go ahead and run that mouth if you want to. That's all I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters. There are going to be problems in your garden. We all have snakes in our garden. And snake, Satan is in our garden. The snake is trying to stir up stuff. The snake is trying to move you away from God because he's trying to get in and he may be trying to get in through other things too. So the two things that Adam was responsible for was provision and protection. That was the area that Adam was responsible for. And when you see a kingdom man and you talk to a kingdom man, he should possess those two, at least those two qualities right there. Yes, Making provision and protection. Yes, then he gives Adam another instruction. In uh, verse 16 of Genesis 2, he said, The Lord commanded the man, saying, Any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, for in the day you eat of it, you show enough. You sure enough going to die. What was this he was telling Adam? He was giving Adam his word. That was part of being in the garden was him listening to God and God giving Adam his word. He gives him his commandments. This is not a request. This is, this, 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 why does he giving this? Because a male that plans uh, to be a kingdom man must position himself under divine authority, which means God's word has to have the final say in his life. Not his posse had the final word, not his friends. Not his homeboys, not even his family at times. Because God is going to say in chapter 3 to Adam, because you listen, all hell is broken loose. Brothers, you got to do according to God's word. Our job is to oversee the communication and the operation of God's word in our fear of influence. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Starting with family, you have to have, be in charge. You're the priest of your house. Yes, sir. I'll get in there a little later, but what was it about this tree? I got to get back to this tree. Right. Why did God say, and I'm going to wrap this up, why did God say, uh, you know, uh, not to eat from this tree? But, but before I do that, we always think about the bad part of it, but of that command. But there was the first part of that command. He said in that command to live it up. He said every other tree you can eat freely from. Enjoy yourself. Relax in me. See what I have made you. Maximize my creation was what he was saying. Maximize everything you can do, Adam. I want you to live it up. He said, just don't mess with this tree. What was it about this tree? 
I'm going to tell you what it was. It was a Google tree. It was a Google tree. It was an internet tree. Because he said it was full of good and evil. Ain't that Google? Ain't that the internet? There was some good stuff in it, but there's also some bad stuff in it. It was an internet tree. Why did not God want him, why did they put it there, and why did he want Adam to mess with it? The reason why he didn't want Adam to eat off that tree is because if he ate off that tree, everything would guide him now would be by reason, human reason. God wants us to walk by revelation, not reason. People give you some bad advice, but God's word is true. My daddy used to tell me, say, son, I ain't going to tell you nothing wrong knowingly. Knowingly. You remember, you remember the soul train. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember the scramble board? I'm going old school on y'all young folks now. They tell me like, huh? There was letters on the scramble board, and they were all over the place. And those letters usually referred to a particular singer, a particular group, a particular song. And two of the Soul Train dancers would come up, and they would have 60 seconds to unscramble the scramble board. And so they would unscramble it, and they would make sense out of the, uh, the scrambled letters. So they had worked it out on the scramble board. You see, my brothers, one of the reasons why we're in trouble today is because God's word has gotten all scrambled up. God's word has got all scrambled up. Our, our jobs, brothers, is to get the letters in place. Our job is to get the word in place. He says, he says, the day you eat of it, you ensure you're going to break relationship with me. And that's death. I don't know if you ever had Duke Energy cut your gas and electric completely off. I mean, like, boom. It's darkness. Somebody ain't know what I'm talking about. Refrigerator won't get cold. At night, you trying to use a flashlight to go around because you've been cut off. And that's where it was. Adam was cut off. Adam, where are you? I got to wrap this up. God says, I don't want you to eat it, even though it has good stuff on it. God wants you, God didn't want him to eat it because he wanted him to walk by revelation and not reason. God was saying, Adam, when I'm ready to tell you something, I'm going to let you know it when I want you to know it. I don't want you running ahead of me. So, Adam's job was supposed to be to transfer the information 
to Eve. And he did that. He did transfer the information to Eve about not to touch this tree, not to eat from it. And because she told, she told Satan that. Um, you know, the one thing I want to tell you, brothers, before I take my seat, I know it's getting late. Uh, brothers, he did transfer the information to Eve. And it's our job in our homes to transfer what God says to our family. So, brethren, if your wife has to ask you, are we going to church today? If your wife had to ask you, are you going to pray for the family? If your wife's going to ask you, are we going to have devotions? That means you are not fulfilling your spiritual responsibilities of spiritually leading your home. But you say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. Every Sunday, Pastor Venice preaches a sermon that you can take and take it home and say to the family, family, let's discuss the sermon that Pastor Venice preached. Well, you may say, my, my, my wife knows more than me. That don't matter either. Because it's not about who knows what, it's about who's responsible for what. And you're responsible to be the spiritual lead. Adam, where are you? It's not just a location question. It's a position question. Brothers, let me share this with you, and I'm really going to take my seat after this. I know I've been saying that. I was trying to milk y'all alone a little bit. I love being a man. I love being a man. Now, I know women like being women, but I'm telling you, I love being a man. Can I get a witness? You know why I love, you know why I love being a man? In verse 19 of chapter 2, it says, out of the ground, that the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And guess what he did? He brought it to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, and whatever he called him, that's what it was. And that was his name. The reason why I love being a man is because I get to name stuff. To name things in the Bible means that you have to, that you're going to own it if you name it. See, when you get to the name stuff, you get to exercise authority over it. Now, brothers, you just can't name anything. You got to name what God brings to you. God brought the animals to Adam. God brought Eve to Adam. So he got to name the stuff that God did. But once he brings it to you, you get to own that thing. So by, by naming everything, I get, I get the chance to name everything that God brings me. I'm going to name everything and put, put my hands on everything that he brings me. Brothers, we get to do that if we're underneath his covering. So brothers, I realize not, not all of us grew up in a biblical worldview. Not all of us, some of us men, even if we have grew up in a biblical worldview, we have strayed away from it. And God is asking the question today, where are you? 
But that's where the good news come in at. See, there was the first Adam in the Bible in Genesis. But there was a second Adam. Romans 5 says that he blew it for everybody. But there was a second Adam that came in. I think it was in, uh, in Corinthians, 15, Corinthians 15. The second Adam came. The first Adam got us booted out. But the second Adam, because he went up and died on a cross for you and for me. And once he died, and on that third day he resurrected, because he resurrected, guess what? I can go back into the garden. I got garden rights again. I got dominion again. I got power again. I got love again. Because of the second Adam. See, the first Adam made a decision at the tree that wasn't good for us. But the second Adam made a decision at a tree that gave us eternal life. See, the first Adam, the first Adam, they split aside and, and, and Eve came out, which was good. But when I, the second Adam was on the tree and they stuck him in his side, guess what? I know it was some drip drip, but also what came out of that side, well, the church came out of that side. Now I got rights. I got power. I can tell the devil, get behind me. I got victory because of the second Adam. You ought to give God some praise for the second Adam. Give him some praise for the second Adam. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the second Adam. Adam, where are you? Man, we got to step in our rightful place. We got to know who we are. We got to know that we can step and pray for our families. We ain't got to be ashamed no more. I want you, God wants us to stick our chest out. He wants us to have a holy kind of thing with our chest where we just walk around like I'm God's man. I'm God, who am I? I'm God's kingdom man because I serve and I serve under him. Let's give God some praise.